We're going to bring in Alicia Finley, Wall Street Journal columnist and a member of the editorial board. And I want to talk about a very important op-ed she wrote a few days ago. It's called The High Cost of Free Money. The question is, did pandemic stimulus payments actually harm lower-income Americans? And some new important survey results say they did more harm than good. So we bring in Alicia Finley. Alicia, there's always a little more time on radio than TV. So I appreciate your coming back on the radio show. Sure. It'll be fun to break down these studies a little in more depth. So uh, tell us about this Harvard study that you are reporting on. So what these Harvard social scientists did is they conducted a randomized controlled trial, which in science is how you try to prove causality, that one thing actually causes another rather than is merely associated. So they were actually interested in looking at how cash transfers, just giving people cash, would affect people's financial, uh, physical, uh, psychological well-being. They assigned three groups of people, one to uh, receive $500, one to receive 2000 and then another to receive nothing, and followed these folks over about 15 weeks, tracked their spending, uh, and also periodically surveyed them on these metrics of physical, psychological, uh, financial health. Uh, they also got access to their bank accounts, so they could actually track some of the, how not only how they spent, um, but also uh, their overpayment fees, um, you know, payday loans, et cetera. And what they found was is that the people who received cash actually performed and fared worse on almost all the metrics, the physical, uh, the psychological, and the financial. They had less liquidity. Uh, they had actually lower earned income. They were more lonely. They were more anxious. They were more depressed. Um, and they were just the, – the researchers were just stunned. How could that be? Um, and my hypothesis is if you kind of look down at the results is that – it shows that they had less learned, earned income, uh, lower-rated work satisfaction, lower-rated work performance. Well, they're not working, so maybe is, that's the reason why they're so depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, I think the this, this study really actually highlights something that really isn't being discussed enough, is, that, is that how cash payments transfers, not only are they ineffective at achieving what their goals, uh, their economic goals, it can actually be harmful to people. Alicia, you know Arthur Brooks used to run AEI, head think tank? Yes. Uh, he's been a contributor of the journals yeah. from time to time. So years years ago, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, he wrote about this stuff. And he did all kinds of longitudinal studies that may be similar to what this Harvard study did. But the thing is, he, I mean, I interviewed him once in front of hundreds of people for a national review conference on this very subject. And basically here's what he put it this way, that uh, work is the most important thing. And people who receive benefits from government are significantly less happy than people who earn their income from work. That the people working were happier than people who weren't working. I mean, I'm simplifying, but it, it just strikes me that it's so similar to the results that you're citing uh, in your op-ed piece, The High Cost of Free Money. And, and basically, you, you're saying here, too, payments make work less rewarding, which reduces feelings of personal well-being. 
I mean, that's really something. It just uh, It's depressing to be on the dole. That's basically what you're saying. I, I, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that often people at times, you know, these quote unquote experts forget is that, you know, the feelings of self-satisfaction, the, the, the self-agency that you're getting something out or you're doing something important, that also, also has a, um, a, an effect on your physical health. And that people actually, you know, the people who are feeling more depressed, anxious, lonely, uh, they also suffer, you know, physical, uh, a physical toll from that. And we discovered that during the pandemic, the mental health issues. Um, and I have no doubt that the, the laying off people, the lockdowns combined with the unemployment benefits, the $600 enhanced and then $300 enhanced employment benefits actually contributed to the mental illness because people just weren't working. Uh, when you work, you're more kind of socially engaged. Uh, you feel like you're actually doing something important. You're being productive. You're earning a paycheck. Um, and so just the lack of work, and, and this has been, you know, the, the labor participation rate in the country has been falling for decades. It picked up some uh, during the Trump administration, uh, but it's continued to kind of lag during um, the pandemic and the pandemic recovery. And I have no doubt, again, that that is contributing to some of the physical and mental health issues that we're having in this country. You know, uh, Alicia, I so I'm not an expert in this, but it just seems to me in terms of uh, economic policy, America should be generous. We are a very generous country. And when people are in trouble, we help them and we we may help them too much. I mean, between welfare, food stamps, you know, housing subsidies, unemployment benefits and all the rest of it. Um, but it would be a good thing, Alicia Finley, it seems to me that whatever benefits we provide for people who are in trouble, they should return to the policies of work requirements or workfare. In other words, these benefits should not be endless. And what you're saying, what you're reporting here is that endless benefits make people worse off. We're hurting the very people we hope to help. So I would think restoring workfare to every single one of these benefit programs would be a good thing. Uh, I agree. And I think that's one of the problems with during the pandemic is all these, uh, the, the work requirements uh, in Medicaid never actually included a strict work requirement. Some GOP states uh, during the Trump administration and during the Biden administration have tried to impose them that have been blocked by the courts and then the Biden administration. Uh, but during the pandemic, the Biden administration and, and Congress actually waived work requirements uh, for food stamps. So food stamps were not only increased, but the work requirements for receiving them have been waived so long as the quote-unquote public health emergency is in effect. And who knows when the Biden administration will end that. But the result is that people are just receiving extra food stamp benefits, but don't have to do anything to receive them. Um, but I think that that should, uh, to your point, I think that should be a priority for Republicans in the next Congress, assuming that they take over one or both houses, is to try to negotiate some kind of at least authorization, allow states to impose their own work requirements on these programs. 
uh, in return for perhaps giving the Biden President Biden something in return, uh, because otherwise we saw with the child care the, the child care tax credit essentially was just a cash payment, uh, $3,600 per per child during the pandemic. Luckily, it was allowed to expire at the beginning of this year, uh, but it would just neuter the the, uh, the welfare reforms from the 1990s that had tried to put kind of time limits and work requirements on receiving those payments. Well, you know, that's right. I was just going to go there. Um, the Clinton-Gingrich reforms on welfare, which established work requirements, there were also some education requirements in that, Alicia. You know, I'd bring them back. I mean, I think they were very successful. Uh, a lot of people on the left said everyone was going to p- fall into poverty. Actually, the results were just the reverse. More people went back to work. We actually had a you know blip up in the participation rates. Yeah, especially there was another study a year or two ago, and I remember writing about this actually shortly before the pandemic that uh, the, some researchers studied uh, the welfare work or welfare reforms from the 1990s and looked at the uh, labor participation of women, uh, single women with children, mm. and they found that it actually increased particularly among women actually with more children. Um, and the, the irony of this is that a lot of many people on the left actually gave credit to the earned income tax credit, which actually had nothing to do with it. It was simply the welfare reforms in the 1990s. Just in the last minute, Alicia Finley, uh, how the, the um, earned income tax credit, how would you assess that? Good, bad, middle, what? I think it's inordinately complicated and it doesn't really have much effect because it doesn't provide the real incentives you need to get people to work. And in fact, I think about one in five of payments is, is fraudulent or, or an mm-hmm. error. Um, and so actually it's a headache for the IRS to administer. I think it would be just much more cleaner to get, get rid of that um, and, again, provide some kind of work requirements for other welfare benefits. Great. Alicia Finley, Wall Street Journal Editorial Board. Read the op-ed piece, please, folks, The High Cost of Free Money. Alicia, thanks very much for coming back on. We appreciate it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.